Hey, it's Pastor. I am so excited you could join us uh, as we hear and listen to the Word of God. And I'm always hoping and praying that He's going to specifically guide your life and give you the hope and the peace that you cannot give to yourself. He is the power every time He promises to work through this Word. If He has worked in your life, we want to hear about it. Please email us, let us in, encourage us uh, by emailing office.amazinglove at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, make messages like this ongoing, uh, go to our giving tab online or download the app. Go to the app store and search Amazing Love Luther. But now, may you continue to grasp how wide, high, and deep and long is the love of Christ in this for you. Thank you. friends and family and visitors today, I'm just going to invite you to pray with me. Uh, it's something we do every now and then as we hear God's word, that he might be present and do his great work as we hear that word. So I invite you to pray. Heavenly Father, uh, when Peter went to the mount where you were transfigured, he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And I just ask that today as we gather around your word and as we hear it and, and it transforms our hearts, we just have this idea that, man, it was, it was good for us to be here, gathered at amazing love, because you are with us. Do your great work once again on our hearts. Fill this place with your spirit. Transform us to your likeness. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to welcome you and say good morning. And uh, who's glad that it's uh, a summertime and there's hot weather going on? Anyone outside? I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, as we get going today, I wanted to talk about uncommon and common ways to do things. I think there is a common way to peel a banana, and if you do a common way, it's usually starting from the top. Where are my top peelers? My top peelers, right? Uh, but the thing is, with a common way, you end up with a mushy top. You know that, right? The uncommon way is actually better, which is, watch this. Oh, yeah, the, the bottom. Any bottom peelers? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, there are common and there are uncommon ways to sleep. Uh, where are my stomach sleepers? Stomach sleepers? Not as many. That changes with age, right? Does anyone know that? <laughs> so where are my back sleepers? Okay, okay. A few more back sleepers, just if you're curious. That's not a good way to sleep. 
Um, just so you know, that's very uncommon. If you can pull that one off, that's really doing something. Uh, there are common and there are uncommon ways of working out. Uh, when I go and I, I'm on a treadmill, I just try not to stomp because it's just looking straight forward, right? And not trying to sweat on the person next to me, but it's a bad mess. Well, I, I wanted to show you an uncommon approach to the treadmill. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth there. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie baby. And it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bites with his teeth, baby. Scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe? So there's never, never a trace of red. Now on the sidewalk, <laughs> ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh, lies a body just oozing life. And someone sneaking round the corner. Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping up. Right. Well, isn't it true that in life, again, uncommon and common approaches, it's true with people. It's true with people. Um, for instance, it's common when someone says hi to me that I say hi to them and maybe ask how they're doing. Um, it's common that if uh, they do something nice for me, I say thank you. You know, it's common on the other end where if they say something bad about me, you know, it's kind of common that I want to say something bad about them. And this is really typical on the highway. If someone cuts you off, the common response is to retaliate, whether by honking or trying to speed ahead of them in your Prius and cut them off, right? Because um, you guys all have a Prius too, I'm sure. Well, I wanted to tell you about what was really uncommon that happened just a few months ago. I don't know how many of you heard of a bombing that took place on Palm Sunday in Egypt. Uh, two Christian Coptic uh, churches experienced these bombings. 45 people died, and, and it was a terrorist attack by ISIS. And uh, this is a group of people that is already being discriminated against. Christians in Egypt represent 10% of the nation, and so they can't get high-level jobs. Uh, they are put down in, in many social regards. And, um, and so what would have been common was for them to, to, to retaliate, was, was for them to shake their fists and, and for them to be angry and, and create animosity over those people. But what happened was very uncommon. See, what happened is that they actually were praying for those who bombed them. And this was not something new to all those in the Christian churches. In fact, one Christian Coptic reverend, he had this to say. He said, we don't accept injustice. It's not like it's okay that that happened. In the same breath, it's just that we have no animosity towards anyone. He went on to say, this is our faith, to love our enemies. No vengefulness. We love everybody, including the terrorists. If you're watching the news, terrorist attacks have continued to happen. Uh, they killed 29 people on a bus in Egypt, and one of them was actually from Tinley Park. Um, went to a Christian Coptic church in Moni. 
And, and the Chicago Tribune uh, reported what this pastor in Moni was saying, and, and he had this to say. He said, Christian Coptics never retaliate with violence because they love their enemies as Christ does. And so the answer is not hate with hate, insult for insult, and blow for blow. It's love in spite of those who hurt us. So welcome today. And I want to know if you've been following Jesus, does Jesus call us to live a common or an uncommon life? What do you think? Absolutely. I see it over and over and over. One of the scriptures that I was wrestling with this last week, uh, I think this is a hyperbole. He put it pretty strongly. He may have overstated it. Um, But from 1 John, look at these words. He said, don't love the world or anything in the world. Now, I think that's a hyperbole because I believe I can still love National Donut Day, June 2nd, right? Anyone? Anyone? I think there's things we can love, but, but in regard to, again, how we love Jesus, how, how we love God, how we pursue him, there's going to be this dichotomy. So he goes on. Because if anyone loves the world too much, the love of the Father is not in them. There's no room. Reminds me of, of, of someone cannot serve two masters. You cannot love both God and money. Maybe you've heard that one too. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it comes not from the Father, or comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Over and over he tells us to do these things, to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. In the account we're going to read, before this account he had already said that we are to be light in this world, we're going to shine a little bit differently than the rest of the world, and we're going to be salt. And just as salt gives flavor to food, so we're going to give a flavor to this world, the flavor and the essence of God to everyone around us. Now, how does this all relate to our series, The God I Wish You Knew? Well, as we just peer into who he is, his true heart today, he calls us to do the uncommon because he is uncommonly good. That is what I hope you'll find. If you find nothing else, and that's especially if you're new or you're watching online, that you learn why we think his love is amazing, that you see how uncommonly good this God, this Jesus is on our behalf. This is the gospel that we preach So let's get into it today. We're going to see Jesus' commands to live uncommon because he is uncommon. And this is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Now, this is the longest sermon in in recorded uh, New Testament history. Um, And it's all about how to live for God. It's, It's what some have called the third use of the law, sanctification if you're a Christian. And much of it is about this. And this, this is like mission impossible, these words. And yet, they're true. Let's, let's read. You can either follow along Matthew 5 in your worship folder or on the screen. It says, You have heard it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Now, now this does not mean that, that, that we become children by doing. No, we become children because of what Jesus did. But if you ever want to prove it, here's how you prove it. You love your enemies. Um, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? He's basically saying that's common. You know, uh, our equivalent might be a drug dealer, might be a felonist. You know, they greet each other. This is not otherworldly. If you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans or those without God do that. And then he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we see how hard this all is. But today, this reveals again the heart of God. 
And today, if we do this work, if we take it seriously, if God does something on your heart, do you think we'd be a light? Do you think we'd be salt? I think it's true. In fact, could you just turn to the person next to you and tell them it's possible? It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It really is. So as we continue, one of, one of our favorite days of the church here that's quickly becoming my favorite is our free garage sale yesterday. And I just want to, can we get a round of applause if you helped with the garage sale? Uh, man, we had just amazing help from those who donated, from those who came. I want to give you some sound bites. If you were here yesterday, you could have seen a kid named Nico who was just stockpiling his toy room. And the dude was having a blast. I mean, he was looking at Star Wars. He was looking at these Nerf guns. It was just amazing. We had kids like Nico all over the place. Toys, yeah, let's take them. It was awesome. It was awesome to see that. Um, we, we had other just heartfelt stories of a woman who's going to work and who needed clothes and who left with tears in her eyes because she could finally get the clothes that she needed. She couldn't buy them, but she got what she needed. Um, more than that, we, we got to be a presence to the community. And when people asked them what Lutheran was all about, I just shared with them the gospel. I just said, you know, what we really believe is that I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus is my pathway to peace because he was perfect in my place because he died for my sins on the cross. We've got to share this over and over. We raised $1,000 that Meyer then tripled. So they have 3000 that they can bring to, again, the, the, the pantry and use at the pantry. Sorry about the TV. But what's really interesting is that a free garage sale is not very common. And one of the really cool things is when people approached and they found out that it was free for their eyes to light up and like, what? Who does that? Or, or we had ladies come to the booth and they had their bags full and they're like, well, how much do I owe? And, and how great to say, nothing. Completely free. This is awesome. Well, this is a great humanitarian effort. And as we get into the heart of God, what we see is that this idea, this humanitarian effort, it originates in him and he does it in a far superior way. Look again at this verse. It says, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. What this means is that he is constantly providing for everyone in this world. A common table prayer is he opens his hand, and he is the one satisfying the desires of every living thing. If someone has a meal today, it is because a heavenly father provided a meal in a way far superior than anything we've ever provided. And here's something about the God I wish you knew. That the God I wish you knew is the greatest humanitarian who ever was or is. There's no one who surpasses him in his generosity. There's no one who cares more for the desperate and the outcast and the needy. In fact, we turn to this world and we see people like the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Maybe you've heard of it. They raise billions of dollars to fight tuberculosis and malaria to provide basic nutrition and sanitation. And, and they, they do all these things. Uh, it's said that the Bill Gates has raised $23 billion for his own foundation. Warren Buffett has given billions of dollars to this. And we're just amazed. Wow! But God... He was here before Bill Gates ever got here. He was doing this work for everyone. And what's really interesting about that verse, if I turn back to it, and if you want to look at it again, uh, verse 45, he's doing it for the evil and the unrighteous. Did you get that? Now, 
Evil means that they're sinners, which means that they should be the enemies of God. And unrighteous means they're not believers because they don't have the righteousness that comes through faith through Jesus. And so that, again, they're enemies and separated from God. And what this means is that, you know, every day God is causing the sun to rise and having the rain fall down on, on areas and people and nations that might curse his name. The same people who are, are, are maybe, again, hating against this God, he is providing meals for on a regular basis. Those who are antagonistic and, and have animosity against him, he's still making sure that their needs are provided for. And this kind of love for God, from God, is truly incredible. See, the God I wish you knew, he's so good that he loves those who most would hate because most times when it comes to an enemy, these are people that we exchange blow for blow, insult for insult. We don't love them, we just try to tolerate them, but God is that good. And something we recognize at this church, if you're part of this community, we're just real with the fact that one time we too were numbered among the enemies. We had sin. We had no right to be called his children. And yet God loved us even when he had every reason to hate us. And this is the purity of the gospel. Guys, my favorite, favorite passage, I believe, is Romans 5. Look at this passage once again. It says, when we are sinners... Christ died for us. And if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? How good is a God who looks at each of us and doesn't just cause his son to rise and the rain to fall, but who sent his son so that you could be called son and daughter, and that is what you are. That is what you are because of Jesus. In fact, if you're just joining us today, you're watching online, you have the right to be called a friend of God all because of what he has done. Some of you might already know that. And so some of the work that God has to do is to give you marching orders, is to tell you, as I have done, so go and do likewise. So you're ready to talk about enemies a little bit? Enemies are pretty identifiable. If you watch movies, there are some famous villains, aren't there? We got Darth Vader. Any Star Wars fans? All right, all right, welcome Star Wars fans. We got Magneto, we got Snape, we got the Joker, all these people that we know. We live in a culture where we've coined a new term called a frenemy. You ever heard of a frenemy? I think this pictured a frenemy. I always thought it was real bad when she gave the weight gain bars. That was just not a nice thing to do, right? Um, frenemies. And not only do we have enemies, frenemies, but then we have those who are closest to us um, who sometimes let us down. And, and theologically, I want to give you two reasons why we have um, opposition. The first reason is something we're already with, that, that we're sinful. That, that the people you walk around with have a moral code that they even want to follow for themselves but fail at. And that's true of your husband, that's true of your children, that's true of your teacher, that's true of anyone in authority. They fail at their own moral code, so they will fail you. In fact, we dedicated a whole series about this concept. I don't know if anyone remembers the space between us. It's just this idea that if you walk with someone long enough, they're going to disappoint and fail you because of sin. But there's another reason, and this is especially if you're a Jesus follower, that you will have enemies. We covered it on Confirmation Sunday where Jesus said this. He said, you will be hated by everyone because of me. You will have animosity, enemies, all because you follow Jesus. Now, to me, this is a little convicting because if you don't get flack for following Jesus, the convicting part be you might not be that great of a light. 
you might not be that much salt yet. So for a little bit, it calls us up to say, do this, be this, and then don't be surprised if not everyone gets it. If not everyone amens your walk and amens your activity. Be aware. You know, it's interesting, uh, the lesson, they weren't really trying to ask who was your enemy. In our lesson, they were really asking who is your neighbor. See, Jesus in this whole uh, discussion, he was basically speaking to, to people who were familiar with the law, which was love God and love your neighbor. Have, have you heard that maybe to the golden rule? Love other people as yourself? And so Jesus, he was just upsetting the apple cart saying, do you know that loving your neighbor, that, that second table of the law, it also will include your enemy, your frenemy, and those who are close who have hurt you. So let me ask you, who's your enemy? Let me ask you, maybe this is more simple. Who is someone you have reason to dislike because they've mistreated you? I'm not a prophet, but I bet you can find someone. I bet you have a name, you might even have a face, you might even have an activity. And what is God calling us to do about that? Blow for blow, insult for insult? Look here again. I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. How's your prayer life today? I was doing a study and it said that most Christians on average spend less than 10 minutes a day in prayer. Less than 10 minutes. Is this convicting? Do you pray for others? Do you pray for your enemies? You know, it's a great opportunity, guys. It really is. In fact, if you've walked with God long enough, have you ever seen God change things because of prayer? Who's walked with him long enough to see like a specific prayer answered? I got to tell you, it's some of the most exciting things I'm a part of as a pastor. When I hear that someone is sick and God answers that prayer for health and see that turnaround when we didn't know it was possible, that is some of the most exciting activity that I am a part of. When I hear your stories of when you were in a bind and and you needed help financially or you needed something to change and it happened because God just answered a specific prayer, that is the most exciting stuff we're talking about. In fact, the Bible confirms that this prayer activity, it is powerful. It is powerful. A passage from James, it says this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It is awesome to see what God can do. In fact, we have colloquial phrases. You can buy this on Etsy. You can just say the prayer, it changes things. And this is what God wants us to do for those around us. What if we went away today and we started praying for those we have a beef against? Is it possible that God might change your heart? Is it possible that God might change your activity? I believe it is. I believe it is. Go and do likewise. Give as it has been given to you. But that's just one part. What else can we do? Well, our first lesson stated what else we can do in order to bless our enemies. And it said this from 1 Peter, Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. We are to kill them with kindness. You heard that phrase? 
Kill them with kindness. What are some ways of doing this? Proverbs stated it. He said, um, so bless those who mistreat you. I'm going quickly by those blanks. Bless and pray. You got it. You smart. Anyway, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head. So don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Guys, I know you're dealing with relationships that are messed up because of sin. But what if we went out today and we said to the person who has hurt me, to those who I have so much against, I'm just going to be so kind. I'm just going to be so kind to that child who disobeyed. And yet I'm going to be so kind and loving to that spouse who didn't get it, to that coworker who hurt me. I'm going to overcome them. And you know what we see with kindness? It is hard to stay angry with those who have been so kind to us. And I see this with kids all the time. When, when kids do something wrong, and yet they come back and they say, but Dad, I love you, or they give you a hug, or they give you a kiss, it is hard to stay angry with them, right? The same is true as we go out. As you go out, and you just go over the top in kindness for those who hurt you. I'm not sure exactly what they do, but it's going to be hard for them to continue to hurt and be mean. Let us kill them with kindness and stop the cycle. Do you know God does this? He paved the way. The God I wish you knew, um, let me get here, he uses kindness as an uncommon approach. He does it all the time. I'm here not because of the rage of God, not because of the anger of God, not because of the revenge of God. I'm here and I'm telling you God is good because of the kindness of God and his patience to me. And some of the biggest gains I've ever taken in my walk is when he was so kind when I was a bonehead. When he was gracious in spite of the fact that I was a sinner. When he still blessed when I had no right and no reason for it. That let me understood the God I wish you knew. And maybe you've had instances like it. This kindness, it has a reason though. He's kind for a reason. Look at this. God's kindness is intended to lead us all to repentance. That we would come to him. That we would appreciate what we have in him. Praying for those who persecute us and mistreat us. Blessing those who are mean to us. Man, it seems like mission impossible. It's funny that at the capstone of this lesson he said be perfect. Because that would be almost as easy being perfect as doing these things. So even though we haven't completed it, let's just repent. Let's just say, God, I don't want to be unlike you anymore. I want to give as you have given to me. And as we repent and leave that here, may you know again his love for you. May you know again you have the right to be called righteous through faith in the righteous one. May you know he doesn't just cause the sun to rise, he sent his son out of love for you. May you know the heart of Jesus when he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. He led the way in this love for enemies. So we know what to do, pray and bless. But not how. Father, how are you going to change my heart? And for this, I wanted to share with you a quick video. You ready for a video? Still here with me? This is a video that's probably one of my favorites when it comes to the concept of paying it forward and what happens when someone pays it forward. We'll talk about it once we're done. It's about four or five minutes, so pay attention. Here we go.
total sixty-eight dollars. I'm sorry. Can I return the cake, please? Sure. Yes. I want the cake, please. I won't ask for anything else. Next time, okay? When we can afford it. Last time you said that. The cake is not tasty. Let's buy something else, okay? Did you want that? Yes. I'll take it then. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. This is for you. I know we cannot accept it. Would you please? There's no reason for you to buy the cake for us. Well, when I was seven, my mother wanted to buy me a cake. By the counter, we didn't have enough. Can we get something else? It's my birthday today. Can I choose my own cake, please? I'm sorry. Then, there's this man. I've never met him before. Here, have the cake. Happy birthday. I didn't know his name. I never got a chance to say thank you. But I've never forgotten him. Thank you. No, thank you. Can I have your contact number? Let me repay you when we have the money. Promise me something, okay? Someday, when you're able to help somebody, you will do it. Grandma! <laughs> I chose this cake for your birthday. Wow, this is my favorite. Thank you. Let's go and put some candles. Oh, oh careful. <laughs> I, uh, you shouldn't have spent the money. Actually, a kind man paid for it. He give me this note. Please write down your address. I'll bring the money back to you later. Simple acts of caring creates an endless ripple. businessman who just buys a cake because a cake was bought. Sometimes we just wallow and we say, Lord, this is too tough and I cannot. And, and sometimes we're wallowers, guys. Do you know you have the Spirit of God in you? We have the power to buy the cake. We have the power to do this because the Spirit of God 
who loved you when you were an enemy, did this for you. Let's get beyond how difficult it is and calling it mission impossible. Let's do the simple work of paying the debt of someone who hurt us, of loving those and blessing those who hurt us. But you want to know something that really made me cry this week? Who's given the cake to God? Do you know that when we love, we're just taking off the shelf what is already given to us. Who's going to give to him a kind of love that, that, that he has given? See, the God I wish you knew. Man, he's so good. My Savior, the one I walk with. The one who says, buck up, young boy. You can do this. The one who says, I'm going to empower you. Do you know that he originated a love that he will never, ever receive? No one's buying a cake for our leader. No one's doing what, what he had been done. He was so good. And so he just says, dear child, I originated this idea. Please just carry it on. And in so doing, you won't give like I gave, but you'll be like me. Me, you know, this is the love he originated for you. He had to create it when it wasn't given first. May we now just simply give what was on the shelf as we claim the new mercies every morning. Amen. Please stand.